This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. I'm sad I'm to our listeners. So this is the final part four on the topic of how to overcome fear. Let's get straight into it. You call me by all these synonyms. Never call me by my name Shashank. Please call me by my name Shashank. It was my birthday, so I gave it to and in the Darshan lines, not in some special opportunity. Swami took that letter along with hundreds of other letters and went. Almost uh, 10 days later, uh, in the Bhajan Hall, Swami called me because he was uh, interacting with me. He wanted to in- ask me certain things on my PhD. So I went near Swami and then Swami said, uh, Swami was telling the people around, you know this Shashank, he's got 5 out of 5. You know this Shashank, he's doing his PhD. You know this Shashank, he's a gold medalist. You know this Shashank, he's a great speaker. You know the Shashank, you know the Shashank, Shashank. I was wondering for the last five years, Swami has never uttered my name more than a, one or two times in some context. In this five uh, minutes, Swami has uttered my name five times. What is the reason for that? After that conversation was over, to even today, that Shashank, Shashank rings in my ears. When I came back and sat in my 10th row, 15th row place in the Bhajan Hall, and Bhajans commenced, struck me like a lightning that I had only asked Swami that Please call me by my name. I had asked and I had forgotten about it. But in the hundreds and thousands of letters that Swami took in those 10 days, he remembered one of the prayers of one of his students and fulfilled it while the person who had made the prayer had forgotten. So we make dozens of prayers by the day, but we forget the kind of prayers that we made and do not even worry about what kind of reaction those prayers will be giving to us in the long term whether they are in our spiritual interests, whether they are in our uh, uh, transformational interests, in whatever interests, are they so or not? That is what we need to do so that we don't fall in this trap of becoming fearful. And that's the next alphabet which will help us to avoid that. That alphabet is how do we ensure that we don't fall into this kind of a situation? And that is by reflection. Overcome fear by reflecting. Reflecting on what? Reflecting on several things. Why are we here on this planet of dust? What have we come to achieve? Is all that we are working towards going to help us in the final scheme of things? Have we equipped ourselves in all that we are doing currently in order to achieve that? Are we investing disproportionate amount of times in things which are going to be left here or are we investing sufficient time for that which will come with us? For those who are 40 and above, 50% of your active life is over. That is if we live to 80 years. Have we reflected on that? Like Swami used to talk about Ramakrishna Paramahamsa every evening at sunset is to shed tears saying that one more day is lost. The sun has set. And I have not had the, the darshan of the Divine Mother. Do we reflect every single day when we go to bed of what kind of progress we have made in our spiritual journey? Of what kind of changes we need to bring about in our behavior, our patterns, our priorities? When my grandfather, maternal grandfather, Professor Chandrahasha, passed away, 
in Boston. I was there at that time in 2015. I was reminded of these things that Swami had said. I was witness to that for the first time. That was the death. Was my first experience, very close experience with death. When his, when his body was taken away in the ambulance after he passed away, uh, he passed away on the, uh, uh, in, the, in the dusk hours of Narsimha Jayanti, which is a very auspicious time. And by the time the ambulance came and his body was taken, it was by 8.30 or 9 in the evening. I, the Swami's words rang in my ears because Swami said, the first thing that will, you, that will leave you when you leave this world is the, is the property, the estate, the resources, the infrastructure, all that you have accumulated for your lifetime will be just left when you leave this world. Three days later was his cremation. And there at the cremation time, his entire family, all the Sai Center members and several other well-wishers had come. There were about two to three hundred people in the prayer session. And there, when his body was getting cremated, the other words of Swami came into, I mean, rung in my ears, that the second set of things which will leave you will be your relatives, your relations, your friends. They will come only till your cremation. Third and the only thing that will come with you on your onward journey are the good and bad deeds that you have undertaken in your journey of life. Because that is the only thing, the only investment that will come with you when you leave this world and move to the next one. So how much time are we investing in this particular accumulation of the right kind of deeds that we need to do? And let me let me put a caveat here that's conducting study circle, Sai spiritual education, bhajans, Narayan Seva or any other service activity is not spiritual activity, is service activity. Spiritual activity is only one. Swami said the only spiritual activity is to continuously live in the awareness that I am not this body. I am living inside this body. I am not this body. I am living in this body, living inside this body. This constant integrated awareness of our identity as not the body, but the indweller is the only spiritual practice that Swami has acknowledged as the real spiritual practice which each side devotee needs to qualify to achieve towards. Have we reflected on that? We usually uh, uh, shy away or run away from, from, from occasions where we need to be recalibrating our journey. We need to recalibrate our journey on an urgent basis. And I think this brings me to the last part of, the, of my presentation of how this reflection will effectively help us to understand that unity is divinity. How this identification that we are not the body, but we are the indweller is the first step in this journey of unity is divinity. I remember a couple of years earlier, the CIA of the America, of, of the United States of America had declassified documents belonging to the Bill Clinton era. In that there was a 16 page dossier on Swami, his organization, his mission, his message and several other things. The document is available for free download online. In that among several political observations that they made, the All India President Shinimish Pandey had also given a talk based on that, that how well the CIA has captured the core of Swami's mission and message in that the CIA had very clearly said 
that Swami's message is universal and it's so universal that people belonging to all religions are able to see the unity underlying the divine message of all regions, of all religions, of all times. So the first unity is divinity is the understanding that the core message of all world religions is the same. In the last 5000 years of recorded history, humanity has fought 15,000 big and small wars. Why? To pitch one religion against the other and show the supremacy of one over the other. Swami is among the only great spiritual masters who have woven the underlying unity in the message of divinity across religions. Swami shared on several occasions how the message of the Acharyas of Sanatana Dharma Adi Shankaracharya, Ramanujacharya and Madhvacharya who gave the philosophy of dualism, Advaita, uh, 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 non-dualism, Advaita, qualified non-dualism, Vishishta Advaita and dualism, Dvaita from the 8th century, 12th century and 14th century AD. Uh, 8th century, 11th century and uh, 13th century AD is actually different facets of the same truth. Dvaita is philosophy of Madhvacharya said that the relationship between the Jiva and God, Jiva and Parabrahman is that of a servant and master. The servant and master do not share anything in common. The, the deliverance of the servant lies in serving the master. The Vishishta Advaita talks about the relationship between divinity and the individual Jiva and Deva as that between a father and a son, as that between a river and an ocean. Swami had explained, and it's a very nice discourse, the audio of that is also available on the Book Trust website. On 1st of October 1976, Swami explained the Vishishta Advaita philosophy using the example of the water cycle. The water of the oceans gets evaporated Go, due to the sun goes to the clouds, pours down and through rivulets and eventually through rivers moves back into the ocean. Similarly, the Jiva has emanated from the Brahman and then through a series of events ultimately merges back into divinity. So you have identity with divinities but you are distinct from it. And what is the way? Like uh, Dvaita talked about service is the way to deliverance. Ramanujacharya talks about bhakti and prapatti, devotion and surrender as the prerequisites for the final deliverance. And then, and, and, and the first is uh, uh, given is by Adi Shankaracharya, the philosophy of non-dualism, Advaita, which is captured in one sentence. Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya Jivo Brahmaiva Na Paraha Brahman or Supreme Divinity is the only truth. This world is an illusion and there is no difference between the individual and the divine. That is the essence of the message of Advaita. Swami said that these are the steps in the individual evolution of, of a spiritual aspirant. I am the servant of God. I am verily an aspect of God and there is no difference between God and me. Swami compared this with the three stages of the evolution of Jesus Christ. Swami said that when Jesus first identified himself with the body, he said, I am the messenger of God. I am here to give the message of God. 
when he progressed and identified himself with the mind he realized that he is verily the reflection of god and has the original con attributes of divinity so he said i am the son of god finally when he identified himself with his soul or the atman he said i and my father are one swami compared that with the evolution of the prophet who first said i am in the light then he said the light is in me and finally he said i am the light swami said the message of all the three major world religions has the same undercurrent of the spiritual evolution of the individual through these three distinct stages this unity is truly divinity second the purusha suktam swami used to have the students the vedam group and the students learn and chant the purushottam almost every single day from 2003 i was there in those years i had not learned the purushottam but we chanted it so many times in cycle one hall that each one of us had the purushottam by heart the purushottam gives a very very important message in that the entire creation is explained as verily the form of god in that there is very one very common Uh, very simple analogy it says brahmano asya mukham asita bahu rajanyakrutah uru tadyadvaishya padmagrum shudro vajayata the brahmins came from the head the white the kshatriyas from the shoulders the vaishyas from the thighs and the shudras from the feet of the supreme divine being which means that all these four classifications of the roles that the ancient society was built on is verily different aspects of the supreme divinity can we say that the shoulders are less important and the feet are more important can we say the head is more important and the thighs are not important every part of the body has an important role to play similarly every aspect of society has an important role to play there is no distinction it is all the same this unity is divinity there is no distinction of any caste the caste system which definitely degenerated and was misused by certain sections of the society for selfish interest originally and scripturally was meant to communicate that each does according to his skills abilities and capabilities in the bhagavad gita also uh, lord krishna says chatur varna mayashitam guna karma vibhagashah i am the one who has created the four varnas which are the varnas brahmana kshatriya vaishya and shudra on what characteristic on what basis guna karma vibhagasha i have divided them based on their gunas and their karmas their capabilities to deliver he did not say kula dharma vibhagasha he did not say i have divided he did not say i have divided them based on their lineage based on the birth based on the category of society they come from no your capabilities determine who you are where you are and this is the message given in the bhagavad gita as well as in the purush suktam and this unity of all strata of society as verily being the embodiments of divinity is truly unity is divinity i remember swami used to point at his head at his shoulders at his thighs and at his feet when these verses were being chanted and communicate the message 
that verily everybody is an aspect of supreme divinity. The third part, in every saint's life, whether he goes through the karma marga, bhakti marga or jnana marga, the ultimate stage is the awareness of unity, his divinity. Yagaraja, in his famous composition said, Chimalo, Brahmalo, Shiva Keshava, Dulalo. You are there in the ant. You are there in Brahma. You are there in Shiva and Keshava, O Rama. You are in everybody. Unity is divinity. Narsi Mehta, the famous devotee, saint, poet of Gujarat, you sing, sang towards the end of his life. Vrikshama, Bijatu, Bijama, Vrikshatu. Anteto hemano ekano ek, which means you are the seed in the tree. You are the tree in the seed. Ultimately, you are the very essence of all creation. Annamacharya used to sing, and this was sung in Swami's presence so many times. Brahma mokkate, Parabrahma mokkate. The Parabrahma is only one, whether seen in the lowest or the highest, whether seen in the animal or in the bird whether seen in a pauper or a prince or a sinner or a saint, it is the same Parabrahman. There is no difference. This is the message of divinity. Towards the end of Swami's physical sojourn, Swami continuously emphasized this message. What was that? I and you are one. I and you are one. I remember several times when he was sitting in the Kulvanthal, he used to be moved to tears when he used to say, I look at all of you and I feel so much of joy welling up in my heart. You know why? Because I see myself in all of you. And that love that one has for oneself, that love when you see yourself in all, and that divinity in all, you are able to experience that love towards all. This is unity is divinity. In fact, it is this essence of unity that is the cause of the entire process of spiritual of our spiritual evolution. The journey of creation, Swami says, began with God willing. Eko ham bahusyam. I am one. Let me become many. And this journey concludes with the assertion. Aham brahmasmi. I am verily divinity. I am verily Brahman. So the journey which begins with separating oneself from oneself ends with identifying oneself with that original self. This is, this unity is divinity. This is the process, this is the purpose of our entire spiritual journey. Swami had uh, several times explained this to students, even in the summer course. Swami used to call it divine arithmetic. What is that? Typically in arithmetic, 3 minus 1 equals to, no prizes for getting that, guessing that. 2, of course, 3 minus 1 is 2. Swami used to say, no, in spirituality, 3 minus 1 is 1. Now you'll say how 3 minus 1 can be 1. So Swami used to give the example. What is the example? The example is that of a particular object, the mirror and the reflection. You see here, this is the object, this is the mirror and this is the reflection in the object. So how many people are there? This is the individual, this is the mirror and this is the reflection of the individual. So there are three. Okay. Now, you remove the mirror, only the individual is left. So, the individual, the original individual, the original viewer is God. The mirror is Prakriti or creation. 
and in that prakriti or creation this god is seen in its multiferous reflections those are all the individual that we see in this multiplicity in diversity the moment prakriti the moment that eluding power of prakriti is removed all the multiplicity the variety the diversity is gone and this unity remains this unity is divinity so 3 minus 1 is equal to 1 as per the divine arithmetic so this is the kind of reflection that we need to indulge in this is the kind of recalibration that we need to indulge in and all of this you say all this extremely complex difficult all out there yes agreed very difficult so how do we start let us start with the basic level individual level there is a famous story of this man who was extremely busy he was also going through work from home like most of us are going through in the current scenario so his child was uh, going on asking him daddy do this daddy do that etc etc so he decided that one particular day that he will get a complex puzzle for this kid to solve and that puzzle was of the world map now this kid was small he knew he will never be able to finish this uh, world map puzzle in a short period of time so he gave it to him saying i've got a gift for you and this is for you and uh, said that okay at least now for a couple of days this kid will not harass me in 20 minutes this kid was back with the entire puzzle arranged so this dad was wondering this guy is not even started going to uh, middle school he is in primary school how did he ever know the political map of the world map political world map so he asked him when did you learn the political world map uh, of uh, the, the design of the political world map the geography of the political world map so he said no i don't know he said then how did you do this so then the kid said you know dad he turned around the <clears throat> puzzle and there there was a figure of the human being i said the human being right i know exactly how a human being looks like so i said the human being right and on the other side the world was set right so this entire journey of setting the world right of our of achieving our in, uh, ultimate spiritual destiny is by rectifying ourselves how do we rectify ourselves i'll conclude with the last example which is very dear to me swami explained this very simply during a tri brindavan conversation all students were sitting around swami and so and the exams were over the results were not yet out and swami asked the students your exams are over yes swami how did you do well good how much you will get a grade o grade o grade is highest distinction a grade is a level lower than that and swami always used to encourage everybody to get o grade now very times we think that why should a spiritual person be worried about what kind of marks he gets or why should swami as our guru be worried about how much marks we get in mundane subject papers but the message there is that if you cannot bring in that amount of perfection and excellence in mundane tasks how can you bring that amount of discipline and perfection to achieve excellence in spiritual tasks so spirituality does not mean trivializing the mundane spirituality means that we do everything extremely well so coming back to our story this particular uh, exams uh, set of exams are over and swami said okay let me ask you a question if you get 90 out of 100 in physics 60 out of 100 in chemistry and 20 out of 100 in mathematics will you pass the exam at least in the indian system why because you need to get minimum passing marks in all the three papers to pass the examination this is what the students told swami when swami said why will i mean said okay now i answer my other question 
you get 90 out of 100 in speaking 60 out of 100 in your behavior 20 out of 100 in your thoughts will you pass in god's exam there's a pin drop silence in the Rai Brindavan, the jula room as it is called where someone used to sit on that beautiful red colored ornate jula and all the students and staff members used to sit around him pin drop silence you need to get passing marks in your thought, word and deed in order to clear God's exams. What is this? Swami said, this is Trikarna Shuddhi. You are brilliant in giving public speeches. Everybody has become a public speaker. You are brilliant in even, you are reasonably good in acting, portraying that you are a good individual. But in your thoughts, you are constantly criticizing. This fellow is like that. That lady did like this. I will teach him a lesson. I will take revenge. I will do this. I will do that. Negative, negative, negative all the time. Do you, do you, will you pass in God's exams? You have to get good marks in your thought, word and deed. This is the secret to unity is divinity in our mundane spiritual journey. Not mundane. The baby steps of our spiritual journey will begin with this unity of thought, word and deed. Rikarna Shuddhi. Swami always used to say, so a thought Reap an action. Sow an action. Reap a tendency. Sow a tendency. Reap a behavior. Sow a behavior. Reap a destiny. Similarly, Swami used to say, when there is righteousness in the heart, there will be beauty in character. When there is beauty in character, there will be harmony in the home. When there is harmony in the home, there will be order in the nation. When there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. At the micro and macro level, at both levels, this unity of thought, word and deed is going to be the secret to our attaining divinity in the highest form, whether it is our individual destiny or our exalted goal of peace in the world. So this is the kind of fundamental focus we need to have in our journey. This concludes the four point formula that I wanted to share. In these days when we are going through such tough times, the world is going through quite a difficult situation. I uh, read a joke recently uh, in uh, circulating in social media that even before we can succeed in flattening the curve of the spread of the coronavirus, we would have been successful in flattening the curve of the economies of the world. That's going to be the kind of impact that this is going to have on the world scenario. While it may sound like a joke, but it's going to be a very, very tough time ahead. It's going to be more difficult, as they say, than the 2008 financial crisis. Some are comparing it to the 1929 Great Depression that America and the rest of the world suffered. And some are comparing the outcomes of the virus with the Spanish flu of the last century. And what does all this give? Fear. So let us not be a part of this group who is spreading fear. Let us be the part of this group which has faith in God to overcome fear which is equanimous in all situations life to overcome fear, which is action oriented and sees that whatever they have to do is done with complete conviction and excellence to overcome fear and which constantly reflects on their journey of spirituality to overcome fear. Let us use this time to recalibrate our spiritual journey, read Sai literature, spend dedicated time reading Sai literature, listen to the divine discourses of Swami, Reflect on the kind of journey that we have undertaken till now and where we need to head. 
stay safe protect yourself protect your families wish well for the entire world let our prayer be that all beings in all the worlds be happy may swami shower his grace for the well-being of all humanity and let us use this time to emerge with greater vigor with greater rigor with greater conviction with greater commitment in our own spiritual journey so that we can make this travel to the planet of dust worthwhile and we can achieve the mission statement we are born so as not to be born again thank you very much for more episodes use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand on air.